0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
1: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Thursday, August 15th, 2019. Well, there has been a lot of a lot to follow in the news, right? I mean, there's a lot of things going on, trade concerns, pol- political unrest in Hong Kong. I don't know if that's really going to affect us, the, you know, our economy, but it's in the news and it affects the stock market, that's for sure. And the Fed, should they be lowering more lowering the rates further, faster? You know, there's speculation about that. So what's going to be next to drive the market? It's not going to be earnings. The earnings season's passed, and it's not going to be – it's probably not going to be anything to do with the Fed because they lowered the rates already, and they don't meet till, you know, what was it, around the first – late September, uh, uh, first October, something like that. And they're not really talking about raising rates, so – I don't know what's going to be next. Whatever's going to be in the news is going to drive the market probably. It's been very volatile, as you all know. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today and every day at this time. And I hope you'll call me with your investing questions or any questions financial. We'll be, we'll be happy to talk about. And when you do, of course, you put move the show in any direction you want it to go. I Maybe mean, it's up to you. What do you want to talk about financially is what we'll talk about. So get your questions ready because you're going to shape the show in the direction that uh, is most beneficial to you. Of course, I produce this show because I want us all to reach that goal of financial freedom. And that means we need to be smarter about our money. You know, it's not hard to become rich. The hard part is being disciplined. When I say that, I mean spend less than you earn and invest the rest. Do that over years and you'll be rich. Most people cannot do that. They cannot do it. And that means spend uh, invest, invest, spend less all your life than you earn and invest all your life and leave it alone. Don't try to time the market in and out and do different things and think you're going to be a good day trader. That's Those are things that are very, very difficult very difficult but you can be rich you can you can get you can reach that financial freedom goal we have so that's what that's what we're here for To try to help you that's what justin and i are on this show for to and don't don't misunderstand me it is also our marketing platform we get that but i much prefer to see everybody get rich and everybody can i have 39 nieces and nephews i talk about this all of them i tell them you can all be rich Everyone, if you want. And the earlier you start, the better off you'll be. Anyways, I want you to know also my no cost portfolio review use consultation dates for August and September are now fully booked. So, but demand has been pretty strong, stronger than I thought it would be. So, I am going to return to San Jose again. I've already scheduled another date there for October 10th because my September. You know, my, you know, my August dates in late September, early September, it's already full. And I added another date in New York, New York City, November 7th. I know that's far out. But I added two days uh, in September in New York, but two days apparently wasn't enough. So now I added another day, another day or two in November, November 7th. So don't delay. If you want to meet with me, you know, you're going to have to set up the time. Go to invest.com and just send me an email to register, and we'll get you a, a time set up. Okay? And there might be cancellations, so you want to, might check in for that. But you got to register. you got to tell us you want to meet with me. Um, I, I suppose if I was younger, I could go more often. But, man, you know I think I, I, flying all the way to the East Coast on a, a, like a monthly basis to me does not sound attractive. I don't like I don't like traveling that much, anyways. Not for work, anyways. I used to do that a lot when I was in my younger days when I used to work in New York City. I love New York City; it's a great place. It's fun. It's a lot funner when you have money. I'll tell you that because you can do stuff besides just look around. But uh, I will be there. Again, and I'll probably schedule a place, you know, every so often to be in New York. Um, we'll see. Anyways, so if you want to meet with me, that's great. I'll be happy to meet with you. Take a look at your portfolio. You don't have to. You know, there's no obligation or anything. I, I try not to make any kind of obligation on these things. Um, but, you know, if we can help you, we, meaning KPP Financial, can help you by managing some of your funds, be happy to do that. But it doesn't have to be. My main talking point today, workspace renter WeWorks has revealed a massive $900 million loss in the first six months of this year, and they're filing for an IPO, initial public offering. Now, WeWork is going to change its name. They're rebranding it to We Company, and is widely expected to have that IPO next month. Now, I happen to rent space at WeWorks, by the way here in Irvine, California, and I'll be meeting people in the WeWork offices in New York. There's like there's like 20 of them there in New York City. Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about today. I got some other topics that I think are pretty interesting. I want to talk about Europe and its shrinking economy. Is it falling into recession? And what's going on there? What do they need to do? What do they say they're going to do? I also want to discuss the yield curve, the inversion. Now, not inverted today, just barely got positive, but it got the two-year and 10-year treasury were inverted. What does that mean? And I wrote about that in the newsletter this week that I started writing about it this morning anyways. Um, and I think it's something we need to explore. And retail sales for July. Did you see the numbers? Surprisingly strong. So those things I'm going to discuss. The market, the Dow was up 100 points today after being down, what, 800 points yesterday, 600 points yesterday? Big down day yesterday. The NASDAQ was down 19, so it didn't recover. And the S&P is up 8, so the broader market was up. Tech was kind of down, and the big giant blue chippers in the Dow 30 were up. So that was interesting. Oh, just, I think it's interesting. I I, I I, think I'm addicted to it. <laughs> That's what I think I am. Because I always find this stuff interesting. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a call. Art, I haven't talked to Art in Menlo Park in a while. How you doing, Art?
2: Good. Steve, how
1: are you? I am good. Thank you for calling.
2: Sure. Um, I just wanted to find out uh, what your thoughts are on uh, Baidu. I've got... Uh, a position in it already, and since I've been in, um, it's dropped about ten percent. I was just wondering, and, um, since I had half a position on it, you think it's a good time to uh, uh, add uh, the uh-huh. other half, or just wait until it stops falling? Because it's been falling for the last uh, two weeks or so. I, th- I
1: actually think you're I think your thinking is correct. You want to be adding, if you only bought a half position, you want to add that second position at some point. Baidu, everybody, let me give some numbers out here, uh, if you don't mind, Art. Uh, Baidu is out of China, Chinese provider of internet search, targeted online advertising, so the, the Google of China they're growing pretty fast sales growth has been slowing in the last quarters but the most recent quarter grew 8% quarter before that 10 quarter before that 16 the quarter before that 27% so that's how it's been slowly now, that's what happens when you be, when you get bigger and bigger and bigger your growth does slow down um, their pe ratios is at the very low of their 5 year range they're going to make $6.48 in their $94 stock that six dollars and forty-eight cents is fifty-nine percent higher this year than uh, the next year than is this year. But it fell hard from two thousand eighteen to this year. I mean, it was cut in half the earnings. Not sure why that happened, but I, the stock was at two hundred and sixty bucks, and now it's ninety-four. And that two hundred dollar stock was back in what June of last year. So. It's fallen hard, so I think it's I think it's I think it's at a pretty good bargain price right now. Personally, I I think this is the stock you want to pick up. And now Art is asking a very good question. It has fallen. The trick is is how much? When should you pick it up? At what price is a good enough price to pick it up? Art, if I were you, I'd like to see it recover a little bit before you step into it. Not that the recovery means you're a guarantee that it hit the bottom, but right now it's just the last three days has been going sideways. I think this might be a bottom, but I might wait till it gets up to about a hundred bucks before I bought it. It's ninety four now, before I bought my other half. I would like to see you buy it on some strength art. And okay. if it does you know and and if it still falls, that way you're not in it with the other half yet. Well Let's buy some strength here. Let's see, get it a little stronger. Okay? Appreciate the call. Thank you, Art. You're listening to Invest Talk. That's Baidu, by the way. B-I-D-U is the symbol. Baidu. You are listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And, of course, we represent this program and we present it every day for five days every week, Monday through Friday. Same hour, 4 to 5 live Pacific time. And, of course, I hope you'll tell your friends and family members about the show. Justin Klein and I do our very best to make it interesting and instructive. I mean, we really want to do that. And whenever you have investment questions, I encourage you to call us. You also take you know listen to our podcast we do it every day we cut out all the commercials and now i'm asking you for your questions at 888-99-CHART
3: it's been a wild ride in the market so strap on your wrist belt and pop in your earbuds this is invest talk and now more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Tell your investor friends and neighbors that Steve Peasley is on duty and taking listener questions now. 888-99-CHART.
1: 888-992-4278. Okay, let's look at some of the news and some of the numbers that they came on. Gold is still at $15.24 per ounce, pretty high price, oil $54 a barrel. The two-year Treasury yield is at 1.569%. 1.569%. The 10-year yield is 1.581. So the 10-year yield is still higher than the two-year at the end of today. Now, mind you, that's still the lowest closing of the 10-year since 2016. I mean, that's still a very low price. The three. This is what the comparison is interesting to me. Three month, a three-month treasury yield. So you bought a three-month bill, U.S. government bill. It pays 1.9%. A 30-year bond pays 2%. You can own a bond for three months or you can own it for 30 years, and they pay almost the same thing. What would you want to do? And 30 30-year 30 fixed mortgage rate is at 3.6%, no change from last week. So Those are some of the numbers, and just for some perspective, which is always fun. How about the bond yields in other foreign countries? How about all the negative bond yields? Germany, the bond yield for the 10 year German bond is minus 0.66%, France, minus 0.37%, Netherlands, minus 0.53%, Switzerland. Minus 1.13 and Japan minus 0.25. So th- you have to pay them to buy their bonds. You pay the government for them to borrow your money, right? You're lending their money. That's what a bond, a government bond is. You're lending the government your money because they have debt. And you have to pay them for the privilege of letting them borrow your money. Who in the right mind in the right mind would want to do that? Who? Okay, and in the world economy, we have now surpassed a negative accumulation, negative accumulation of sixteen trillion dollars, negative interest rates of sixteen with sixteen trillion dollars issued bonds. Yeah. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And if you've been listening to Invest Talk for a while, you've heard me say that I believe every investor should determine their own individual risk tolerance. And the first step, of course, is uh, to building a portfolio, a profitable one anyways, with a sound strategy. It's to finding your own personal comfort zone, your personal risk tolerance. And you can calibrate that, your risk tolerance, anytime free online at investtalk.com. Take the risk questionnaire. 888 99 Chart.
3: This is Invest Talk. Summer is moving fast, and your path to financial freedom begins with the right strategy. You've got questions, Steve and Justin have answers. Call now 888 99 Chart.
1: Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Did you see the article on GE today, General Electric? The shares of GE fell sharply, thirteen percent, after a Bernie Madoff whistleblower called GE a bigger fraud than Enron. Remember Enron? The stock is currently at a ten-year low. And the story is this guy now, who wrote this story, is a forensic accountant, so he's not some fly-by-night, know-nothing type person. He knows. Things. He said in a 175-page report that GE is hiding the depth of its financial problems and that the company would need to significantly raise its insurance reserves to cover liabilities. That report also points to alleged accounting rules with the GE Oil and Gas Unit. That is not right. Now, of course, GE is denying all this, right? The report asserts the report asserts that the alleged 38 billion in in, in in, the alleged a 38 billion fraud, is merely the tip of the iceberg. And GE said the allegations we have heard are entirely false, misleading, and misleading. GE operates at the highest level of integrity and stands behind its financial reporting. Now, 2018, GE was one among the one of the largest of the S and P 500, Fortune 500 companies. Eighteenth, matter of fact, eighteenth by gross revenue. So it's it's got 283,000 employees right now, and it was founded in 1892. It's been around for quite some time. You know, it included Thomas Edison and financial J P Morgan. What's interesting about Thomas Edison, by the way, oh, gosh, I got three callers. Jeez. Okay, what's interesting, uh, we'll maybe do that another day, but, you know, did you hear what they wanted to, when the phone was first invented, what, there was a discussion between Edison and Bell, and Edison, one, he wanted the greeting to be, when you answered the phone, hello, Edison did, but Alexander Graham Bell, the inventor of the phone, wanted to be, ahoy, as the greeting. Did you know that? That's, by the way, this is the anniversary, August 15th, of that decision. Anyways, let's go to Ed and Sam Bruno. How are you doing, Ed? He wants to talk about Yamada Gold. How's it going?
2: Uh, I'm doing great. How are you?
1: Good. Thank you for the call.
2: Yeah, I I, uh, have a modest position, AUY. It's less than a half percent of my portfolio. So... Uh-huh. I I have a fifty. I have about well, I have about three thousand dollars gain on it, and I'm thinking, uh-huh. why not just sell that in the um, IRA account and buy GLD? What, uh, what's your thoughts? <laughs>
1: Actually, I think it might be a better idea because Yamata Gold does not have very good numbers, but they went up quite right. sharply from a dollar eighty to three forty because of gold prices. But the fundamental Yamata Gold is a mining company. Everybody, Canadian company, in mining exploration. We talked about it, I think, last week. Anyways, uh, they just don't have great numbers. They, their numbers are pretty erratic. So I think it's I think it would be smart to take the profits and buy and buy something a little bit more. Uh, stable if you want to be in gold uh you can use gld that would be actual gold price or gdx which holds a bunch of mining companies uh, they're both etfs exchange traded funds but yeah i think that'd be a better better than just to hold on to this and especially if you know there's no tax consequences for you on taking the profits so i i like that idea Ed. auy by everybody thank you Ed. let's go to grace in the bay area i want to talk about pfizer how are you doing grace mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Hi, uh, Steve. So I have a position in Pfizer, and uh, I held it for a long, while now, and I have sixty percent again, it's about three, percent to four percent of my portfolio. But uh-huh. Pfizer has been sliding the last few days. I'm just wondering if it's time to get off and get out, or hold on to it.
1: No, I would not get out at this point because it's already fallen pretty hard. Uh, uh, Pfizer, uh, everybody knows, develops branded prescription drugs. They're a $200 billion company, 191. Um, and their sales have been well, a little soft in this last quarter, falling 2%. And pre- previous to this most recent quarter, the sales have been always around 2 3% growth. But this one was a fall of 2%. and No one really liked it. The yield now is 4.2%. So, and it's at this low end of its five-year range PE. I'm thinking you need to hold on to it here. If you want to cut it back, you want to cut it back on strength. And this is one of the hardest things to do, Grace, is if you have too much of one stock, is you sell it on strength, not wait for it to go down and then say, oh, gee, it's gone down. Now I'm going to sell it. I'm going to sell some. No, it's oversold. It's going to probably bounce. And it's a good, strong company. It will go up. It, you know how much is it worth? Well, two dollars and eighty-one cents. It's a thirty-four dollars stock, so it's worth probably about forty, forty-five dollars, and that's where it was for most of the last year in that range. So wait till it gets back up there, then cut back. It might take a few months, but there's you're going to collect pretty nice dividend along the way. So I would not hold on to it, Gary. You're going to have to hold on. If you hold on over the break, I will talk about Mo. I'll show you as when we get back. I appreciate it. Thank you for holding on there. Okay. As we go to break, my market financial Tribute question is, on Talk, we often refer to the S&P 500 index. What is it? What is its importance? And what are the 11 sectors of the S&P 500? And which sectors are most important? Or is there one? I'll have the answer next. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions at 888 888- Chart.
3: The time is now. And if you act now, the benefit to your financial future could be measurably significant. This is your chance to sharpen your investing skills through a valuable online classroom learning opportunity. Talk Academy. Enrollment in InvestTalk Academy will introduce you to a weekly series of live investing classes conducted by KPP Financial Principals and InvestTalk hosts, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. You'll profit from a critical degree of focused mentoring, led by Steve and Justin. Hear their full analysis of the market. Follow along with charts and data points. Understand technical and fundamental analysis. Develop the mindset to become a successful investor. InvestTalk Academy offers an unprecedented value for serious investors. Register now at InvestTalkAcademy.com. The trading month so far has been volatile. You are working toward financial freedom and you might want a little help. So Steve Peasley is here taking your questions now. Call InvestTalk 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278.
1: 888 992 Gary, thank you very much for holding on. Gary San Jose, how's it going?
2: Good. So the previous caller was asking about uh, Pfizer. What do you think? Would you buy it at this level?
1: Now, if I was, I, I it looks attractive <laughs> to me, but but I would probably wait to see some strength either in Pfizer itself or in the market. I don't know if the market's done going down. And you know, when the market falls, it usually takes everything with it downward. Yeah, I know. Okay, so I'm not. So I'm. I'm, I'm been expecting, I've been saying on the radio for some time that we're going to have a correction, and this is the correction we're having. Now, a normal correction is ten percent. We haven't seen that yet. So I have a feeling we're. We, you know, it might be even deeper, 10 percent. I I just don't think we've seen it yet. I don't think we've seen the finish of this correction.
2: But some so stocks I gone I would So my real question, yeah. So my real question was: Altria for gives a great dividend, but not growing at all. What do you think there? And it's been falling.
1: Well, the only reason you would buy Altria is for the dividend. I mean, there's absolutely no Correct. other reason to buy it because there's, there's you know, Altria. Everybody manufactures cigarettes and other tobacco products mainly to. You know, so, under you know, the Marlboro and Black and Mild Names. And, you know, they're also into, uh, into uh, the smokeless, Liquor what do and, they call those yep. things? Yeah. And then I, the, 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 on, the only only possible reasons you'd want to buy it is that I think they're going to get into the marijuana distribution right. part. So right. I kind of like it for that possible future down the road. Meanwhile, I'll just, you just live on the 7% dividend, and I think this is probably, you You might get it in the lower 40s, it's at $45 right now, you might get it there, but I, I don't think it's going to fall very much lower than that, simply because, you know, if, everybody's gonna be, if it goes to 8% dividend because the stock falls, that's really attractive to a lot of people. So it'll attract money to it. So I think you're pretty close to the bottom here. But again, remember, all stocks fall and the market falls, it's one of those things, so... I might wait to see if the market starts to look a bit la- look, look a bit healthier and then buy mo. I don't know. I like it, though. I like it for that dividend. And thank you for holding on. I appreciate it. Okay, the answer to my trivia question is before the break. The S&P 500 is probably the most widely known index, and it tracks the performance of large-cap American stocks with a current valuation of nearly $10 trillion. I, it's hard to imagine that, isn't it? The S&P 500 is an index that tracks the 500 largest companies by market capitalization. And it's divided into 11 sectors based on the similarity of their businesses. Now, the division into sectors of the S&P 500 allows investors to buy exchange-traded funds and mutual funds and invest in each sector. So you can diversify your own portfolio, right? So what are the sectors? Which one and how big are they of the S&P 500? There's communication services, consumer discretion, consumer staples, energy, financials, healthcare, industrials, materials, real estate, technology, and utilities. The the biggest sector of the S&P 500 is over twice any other sector. Twice as much. And that's technology. Twenty point eight percent is in technology of the S and P five hundred. The next closest one is financials. No, I'm sorry, healthcare fourteen point nine. Then financials at thirteen point seven percent, almost twice. So technology is almost twice healthcare. Not quite twice, but okay, seventy percent. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so technology is. That's why I remember the the uh, uh, the uh, last year when we were talking about the tech stocks and how they were dominating because they were moving and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Remember that Fang stocks, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Google. Remember that? Well, that technology is a big part. My main talking point today concerns this particular story: Workspace Renter rework has revealed a massive nine hundred million loss for the first six months of this year, and it's going to. It's filed for an IPO, which probably come out next month. Now, what kind of valuation should there be on that? What kind of stock price? So the company, you know, what you know, what the company does, it rents space and re-rents them out or buys space or build space, either way, and it re-rents it out to small businesses who take bits and pieces of the space that they rented out. I'm in a WeWorks building. I know exactly how it works. Um, and it's, it's a concept that, you know, you share a lot of uh, you know, office expenses. Uh, they're included in your rent. Uh, they give you free Wi-Fi, they give you free copying services. They, you know they, they, in my office, they actually give you free beer on tap and free coffee. You know, they do that kind of thing. Um, and they have like uh, general purpose spaces, a lot of rental uh, a lot of um, conference rooms that you can use anytime you want. Things like that. And it's a good concept, I think. Now the question is, going to make money. Now, remember what I've said about IPOs. Never, ever, ever, ever invest in an IPO. So don't you invest in it. And you probably, and even if you could, that means it's not a very good IPO because the big boys don't want it, and the big boys always want IPOs if they're good. If so, if you, as an individual, is ever offered an IPO, that tells you right off the bat it's bad. It's not a good IPO. Okay, I'm Steve Peasing, you're listening to Invest Talk. So obviously you understand the importance of unbiased guidance and experienced market analysis. I encourage you to consider subscribing to our KPP premium newsletter. I'm working on it right now. I'll be working on it after the show and then tomorrow morning and I write and distribute that every Friday. And I do the bulk of the writing. I don't do it all. I have sometimes Justin helps me, sometimes Jason helps me, you know, but generally I do the bulk of the writing. You'll get valuable weekly information about the market, the economy, the world economy, portfolio management guidance section, a couple of stock ideas every week. And of course, I'll talk about it on Friday's show tomorrow. I share highlights into the, you know, into the uh, on Friday, I always share some highlights about the, in the newsletter. You can subscribe, subscribe anytime you want on investtalk.com. And now I'm ready to take your questions. 888 99 chart.
0: Our Invest Talk mission is to help you make better investing decisions. To do that on your own, thumbs-up or thumbs-down choices based on good, solid investing principles. But we need your questions to keep us on track. eight 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 ninety nine 99 chart or click on Contact Steve or Contact Justin on investtalk.com. Hey
2: guys, I'm calling about a couple of uranium stocks. I like the uh, energy field as it sits now. It's been beat up pretty well. I'm just looking for a trade. Like I said, I like uh, uranium, uh, in particular uh, Cameco, Charlie, Charlie, Juliet, certainly at a almost a five-year low. Uh, looks like it had some support around 10 but fell well below that. Uh, I'd love to pick this up at some point, uh, ride it out to 11 or 11.50, 11. then get out as a trade. Just wondering if you had any interest in this and also uh, uranium, ETF, URA, just wondering if this might be a, a little safer bet volatility as opposed to the individual stock. I mean, I know it is, but just wondering what your thought on uranium in general and particularly uh, Cameco. It's a good time to get in now. Thanks.
1: Oh, okay, Cameco is a stock that we own in some of our accounts, and uh, I don't like it because I've done nothing but lost, lost money in that stupid thing. Um, I like the fact that it was way oversold and it still is way oversold, but it's not bouncing. Um, I don't like the fact that the earnings are erratic. Sales were big in this most recent quarter, up 16 percent. But the quarter before that, they were down 30 percent. I don't like how erratic they are. So we we bought it for a trade, and the trade went south on us. We're waiting for a bounce, and uh, we're waiting. You're buying. If you bought it here, you're buying at a lot better price than what, what we have it on. We paid, you know, 20 percent more for it or so. So um, I think it, it might be a good trade. Because I think it's, you know, uranium is, is still in demand. It's not not in demand. But they're going to lose two cents a share here. They made 53 cents last year. And they're going to make nine cents next year. But their earnings are pretty erratic, too. I'm not a keen, uh, even though we own it. And, you know, remember, I, we buy very small parts of any one company. I, I, I'm looking for a place to get out myself. I'm hoping to get that bounce. CCJ is a simple chemical corporation, everybody. 888-99 chart. Okay, the the Europe, Europe EU is really having a hard time. Okay, Germany's GDP for the second quarter came out just this week, and it shrunk one-tenth of one percent. All-world GDP core two for Europe is up two-tenths of percent for the whole European zone, two-tenths of one percent up. <laughs> So, in Germany, remember, Germany is 20% of the EU. Their, their economy is the biggest part of the EU. So, you kind of keep an eye on Germany. And it's not just trade that's hurting Germany. You know, industrial productions, consumers are still spending there. But they're, they're, they're very dependent on exports, and a lot of exports to China. And China is falling apart, or not falling apart, but its growth has really suffered. Because of our trade war with them. So it's affecting Germany, and Germany is affecting the rest of Europe. Now, I don't know if you noticed out this morning, the ECB, There's people talking about the ECB, ECB, the European Central Bank, same as our Fed, but for the EU. They're preparing some, they're said, it has been said, there's been articles written that they're preparing strong stimulus package, bond buying and rate cuts. Remember, I just went through how negative rates are. In Germany, there's a negative rate there. They're going to cut more? How negative can you cut? Anyways, the European Union is suffering. They're a lot worse than us. We are not suffering. Now, don't think we're not being affected. We are. Our GDP growth has slowed, but we're not suffering. Not like that. Anyway, 888-99-CHARTERS, our number, 888 Let's grab another voicemail call that came in earlier.
2: Hey, I'm a long-time listener. I really appreciate the show. I had a question about CenturyLink CTL I was looking to buy. Looks like it pays a good dividend. I just want to see if it's sustainable. Thanks so much. Bye.
1: Okay, CTL is the symbol, CenturyLink uh CenturyLink uh, provides local exchange long distance network access broadband services rural communities in 37 states it's been very steady as far as earnings it's always made money um they made a dollar 19 a share in 2018 they made a dollar uh they're going to make a dollar 39 this year and next year a dollar 38 so it's going to be flat the dividend's nine and a half percent. It's a ten dollar stock, so that means it's got to pay about a dollar a share to sustain that dividend. They're only going to make a thirty-eight, so they're paying out a pretty big chunk of their earnings. So they could maintain it, they could, but it would be you know it ties their hand if they maintain that to work on their debt because they have quite a bit of debt. The P/E ratio is. Remember, it's a Dollar make $1. thirty-eight next year, and it's a ten dollars stock. So the P is about what eight, nine, and the five-year range is seven to twenty-eight. Dividend nine and a half percent. Can they? Your question is very valid. Your question is very astute. Can they maintain that dividend? What you need to do is look back in history. Have they always been able to maintain the dividend? Have they ever cut the dividend? And I don't have that in front of me. That's what I would look at. If they made it a priority to make, to keep that dividend and not cut it and have done it for over the last 10, 20 years, then you can be fairly assured that they're not going to cut it. Because in 2017, they only made $0.95 cents a share. So, you know, did, did, did that cause them to cut the dividend back then? Because they didn't make enough money? See, that's what you want to look at, the stability There's a book called uh, uh, Dividend Achievers out, and it lists all the companies and long-term ability to pay dividends, and you want to look up CenturyLink. That's what I would think. Okay. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Raphael in Maryland. How you doing, Raphael? Not too bad. Yourself? I am doing great. I appreciate you calling. Thank you.
2: Thank you for taking the call. (laughs)
1: I love taking a call. What's your question?
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. Sorry, yes, yeah, thank you. So, um, so yeah, I was wondering, um, I was looking into
3: uh, buying some stock into AT&T, and um, mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, I, I don't have too much in my portfolio um, going into the telecom. I, I have a couple of stocks in Verizon, but I also wanted to see if, if, if jumping into AT&T as a long-term investment would be a good idea or not. I'm just kind of scared because I know they've, they haven't been able to keep up with the whole I think that's five G integration or not that I know if they haven't been able to keep up, but at least that's what I heard in the rumor mill. So I don't know if it's if it's a good long term because of that or um so I, I just wanted to get your opinion on AT and T.
2: Okay.
1: Okay. AT&T, the symbol is T, and we own this in our managed account and have for some time, and also Verizon. You mentioned Verizon. We own both those. Um, why we own them is we own them because of the dividend, not because of the growth, the dividend. Um, at and sales growth in the last four quarters have averaged about 15 16%. So sales growth is doing very well. And I say, yes, it is a very good long-term whole, uh, buy. Um, I will also say that you really would like to buy this in the high 20s, low 30s, and set $34.34. Still pretty reasonably priced, but you could probably would, could be patient and wait for it to come back to you. But, you know, they'll be there with 5G. Don't worry about that. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, and that's to help you achieve financial freedom. I talk about it every day. And, of course, our work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in now, 888 chart on the next invest
3: talk in the opinion of one high profile investor zillow has one of the most flawed business models ever could he be right that story tomorrow but now steve peaslee is here he's ready with answers and waiting for your questions call steve 888-
1: 99 chart. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Arash. How are you doing, Arash, in Illinois? How are you going?
2: Uh, hello, Steve. Thank you very much for your great podcast. I have a question about my retirement account. I would appreciate your response. So my retirement sure. account is being handled by TIAA because I'm a university professor. So 100% yes. of my salary contribution on university matching goes to a life cycle index 2050 fund, and the symbol is T L L I X. So, uh, mm-hmm. I have two questions actually. First, I want to know your idea about this uh, life cycle fund. Is it a good idea to put all the money in that? And uh, mm-hmm. you can go ahead and answer that so I can ask the second question after. Okay. If you
1: don't mind. Uh, so the the answer, my answer is no, is not. Uh, I don't like those target dated funds. They call those target dated funds. I don't like them in general principle because they're funds of funds. In other words, they buy other mutual funds and put them in that fund. And the main reason I don't like them is that as you get closer to that date, that target date, they automatically buy more bond funds, more and more and more bond funds as you get closer and closer, and they, they ignore the reality of what's going on in the marketplace, the economy, and it might be just, you know, the last few years you're buying more and more bond funds might be the worst time to be buying bond funds. But they ignore that because it's on a a glide path. It's just going to do this and that's it. I'd rather see some people be more active. So I don't really care for it. It's not a bad thing. I just don't care for them. And what's your second question?
2: Thank you. So uh, I was thinking to replace this cycle fund with a large cap growth index. And the symbol Mm -hmm. is T-I-L-I-X. I received okay. T I L I X. It seems it uh, has a better return. It is, I think, more aggressive because it, it doesn't have any bonds. Yes. In it. It's uh, 99% of stock. I was wondering uh, if you think it's better if I replace all of it or maybe a split half and half, life cycle, half, this one, or any other how many, idea.
1: How old are you? How, many, how old are you? I'm 33. Okay, so you got. I, I would. I would. I would. I would get out of the life cycle fund. I would rather see you in the growth fund. I would rather see you in uh, maybe twenty five percent large cap growth, twenty five percent large value, fifteen uh, percent in mid cap. I'd rather see you spread it out, maybe, and then another fifteen percent in small cap, and maybe ten percent in emerging markets. If you had those choices, that would be more of a mix that I would like to see you have, because I think you would do better in the long run in that kind. A mix. Good luck with it, Arish. I hope it works for you. Let's go to Tim Palo Alto. How are you doing, Tim?
2: I'm doing well. How about you? I really love your show.
1: I'm doing great. Uh, Appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Uh, uh, so, I have a question. So, you guys have mentioned that uh, you are shorting the market either the S&P 500 or the Russell 2000 or both. Um, but mm-hmm. you also yes. uh, tell us that uh, you know, on the law, lo- in the long run, the more you stay in the market, uh, usually the higher your return is. And then also Justin yep. stated in his last show that, uh, you know, in, on average, uh, since the yield inversion, uh, when the yield inversion happens, actually the market goes down in the, at least in the near term future. So how come you guys are shorting the market um, now just in general? Don't you think it's like a better bet to to short specific stocks that you think they're going to do more poorly?
1: Okay, that's a really good question. Uh, Why you short the market, remember, uh, well, the main reason we're doing it, and we're only doing the shorting in one of our programs, we're hedging our bets. That's what you're doing. We're hedging. We think that the market's overvalued. We think we're in for a a slowdown economy, and we've been thinking that for some time, so we've been in our shorts in one of our programs called the Dynamic Growth Program. And you know, all you know hasn't really worked for us until recently. You know, December and now, now, and we're doing it with just a portion of the portfolio because we're hedging the rest of the portfolio. You can also use cash as a hedge, so it's used as a hedge to try to reduce some of the volatility out of the out of the portfolio. Now we will get out of our shorts when we think that that, is t- that the economy is going to start picking up again. But it's a hedge, and that's why we do it. You're not trying to tie the markets; that doesn't work. And you could stay in the markets long term, has a bias to go up eight, ten percent a year over long periods of time. That's why you stay in it. You never get out. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes uh, completes another Investopedia program. I'll be back tomorrow with highlights from uh, the KPP Premium Newsletter. And please tell your investor friends. um, Remember, I've added dates to San Jose and New York, so pay attention there if you want to meet with me. You can learn more about that on investtalk.com. Have a great night, everybody.
0: Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically.